Okay, so we're going to be learning tonight the Shvive Lev from Rebellion Lapian, page Reish Samachhe and Chelak Aleph. And we're going to learn Ice Kuf Samachhe and Kuf Samach Vav. They're really related. And of course, we're going to be discussing the Mohamma and uh, take, a, take away a very, very important lesson this evening. It's always good to be in this room giving a vad together with you. It's, uh, um, I don't know if you feel it, but it's, uh, it's very special for me. Matzina about Tyre, but Parsha Shaiftim. We find the Tyre and Parsha Shaiftim. Parsha shall kisetzan lacham aleivecha verisa susvarechev. The Parsha in Shaiftim that if you uh, go against your enemy, you go out to war. And you see a, a horse and a chariot, a tank, much greater than you. You are uh, inferior to that army. So if you can put yourself in that picture for a second, imagine you're facing an enemy, and there is, and this enemy is a far superior enemy. And he has weapons and tanks and missiles and, and airplanes and everything. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us in the Torah... <coughs> You shouldn't be afraid of them. Hashem is with you. He took us out of Egypt. He took you out of Egypt. And don't be afraid. This is, of course, the famous uh, Pasuk that's quoted by Rabbeinu Yaina in Shari Chuba, where Rabbeinu Yaina says that he expands this to everything in life. Every time you're faced with some challenge, it doesn't have to be a, a mortal enemy with, uh, with far superior weaponry. It could be something uh, as, similar, as, as simple as, uh, as somebody that uh, you owe money to and he's chasing after you. That's an enemy that seems more powerful than you. Or uh, any other problem that might be facing a person. Uh, maybe it's a difficult professor. Maybe it's... Uh, uh, you know, a big final coming up, and you know you're you're overwhelmed, and you're gripped with fear and terror. So the Torah says, "Have trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Have bitachin. Everything is going to be good. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is with you. He was here for us when we went out of Egypt, and he'll be with us today. It's the same Rebbeinu Shalom back then as today, and there will be a Yeshua. That's the first parsha in." that we're discussing tonight in Shaiftim. And then, after that parsha, there's the parsha of Egla Arufa. Parsha of Egla Arufa is that, of course, you have a ki uh, ba'adama, you find a, a corpse somewhere in a field that Hashem gives you in Eretz Yisrael, and you don't know the murderer, you don't know who killed him. So there's a whole process, there's the Kanim, the Shaiftim, from the, the closest cities uh, have to come and measure which is the closest city, and whichever city is closest, the Zakanim, the elders of that city, have to bring an Eglas Bakar that was never used, it never carried a yoke on it, and they basically throw down this Egla into the Nachal Eisen, into a hard valley uh, that was never worked, there's never any any uh, agricultural work done in that valley, and it was never planted. 
and then basically the uh, they have to go and uh, and do a mea culpa and say that uh, you know if we if it's not our fault, um, a mea culpa really means when it is our fault. But they say they absolve themselves, they wash their hands of it, and they said that we didn't kill him, and we didn't see him, etc. And and forgive us, you know, whoever it was, redeem them. Don't let a an innocent uh, a man. Uh, just lie like this, and and there should be a kapara, and uh, yeah, that's basically the end of parsha shayftim. And then, of course, we get led into kisetz lemolchama, another parsha of going out and doing battle against our enemies, and that's the parsha of Yifastayr. The Yesh Levar Hatam. Why is it that we have one kisetz lemolchama? Another Kisayt Zemulchama, and sandwiched in between these two parashas, Kisayt Zemulchama, we have the parasha of Egla Rufa. What's the significance of this? The Yesh Levar HaTam, says that this is the Pshat. Ki HaMulchama, and this is talking about a Mulchemes HaRashos, there's two different types of wars that Klai Yisrael wage. Sometimes they wage a war that's Mulchemes Rishos, that they're just, uh, they're, they just decided to do it. It's not a mitzvah. It's not like something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says you must do. It's not like Kiba Sha'aretz, or it's not like Mochemes Amolek, or something that's a real Mochemes mitzvah. It's just something that, you know, you, you, there, it's an optional type of conquest, and it's an optional type of warfare. So then, through that war, what happens by Mochemes Rishos? Shahargem Anashim, we kill people. That's, that's what happens during war. People die. And what happens as a result when you kill people, when you see people being killed in mass? Na says, Blood becomes cheap. We lose the sensitivities that we should be having towards human life. And that's a very big problem. That's not a good thing. We should be sensitive and we should be caring and we should have a heart. That's why the Torah inserts between these two wars the parsha of Egla Rufa. is to teach us at Kama Hirisha Torah Avor Nefesh Achas Misrael. Look at how far the Torah goes to. Uh, when you find one dead body, what, what the lengths that have to be gone th- through to, to be mechaper for the body, you have to have Zakanim go and measure and then do a whole parsha of Egla Rufan and you have to speak about it, you have to say, we didn't see the person and let him go without feeding him, we didn't as- not escort him purposely. The Yeshbazerak Suffolk Ritzich, in that case, we don't even know. If it was a murder, maybe something else happened to him. Who knows what happened to this guy? But it's a Suffolk Ritzicha. So why is it? What's the importance of putting, making like a commercial in between the two Kiseitzel and Mohammas, the Parshveg La Rufa? To teach us wisdom. Because if we don't have the Parshveg Rufa, we are very close to the brink of becoming dehumanized. 
And that's a very, very pricely cost of war. Right now, we're engaged in a, in a very, very big melchama. It's, a, it's bigger than we know. It's bigger than we know, and it threatens to, Rahman and get even bigger. I don't know how many of you are following the news. Um, it's probably better not to follow the news. But if you're following the news, you realize that the whole world is literally exploding as we speak, as we sit here nicely. That's why I say it's so nice to be in this hermetically sealed room together with, with, with Talmidim and we learn Tyra together. It's like people would chalish, people would die for this experience right now. And I look forward to every, every Tuesday and Wednesday night. It's such a special time. Like the, you know, I know you're busy with a lot of other things, but we take a, a half an hour and we just like are able to sit and just like marinate in some Tyra and some Chachma. And the war is uh, war is a terrible, terrible thing. It's terrible. And this is not a political shear, and I'm not going to get into whether the Palestinians are humans, or are they subhumans, are they animals, or is that an insult to animals to call them animals? Okay, that's uh, you can listen to talk radio for that. I'm just telling you one thing, and, uh, and, and trust me, there's no one right now that has a greater sinna uh, towards B'nai Ishmael than me. But I will tell you that there is a, uh, the, the, the risk that we all face when we're watching the videos of the war and the bombardments of Gaza daily and the destruction of buildings, and it becomes almost like a sport and you have uh, how many Hamas commanders were killed, and, uh, and how many people were killed, and how many dead bodies were there on the Israeli side versus dead bodies on the Palestinian side. And the problem is that we, as a people that are supposed to be sensitive towards human life of all sorts, there's no choice. I'm not saying that, chas v'shalom, please don't misunderstand. This is a war that has to be fought, and it has to be fought till the end, and it has to be done you know, to the, to the nth degree and to try to root out any vestiges of evil. That's not debatable. All I'm saying tonight is that we have to try to maintain a certain degree of, of, of sensitivity towards the loss of human life. Not the loss of terrorists, but the loss of... Of, of any human life. I'm talking about people assuming that there are non-terrorists in the Gaza Strip, and that's, I guess, debatable. I'm saying little children and, and women. And the, you can't... People that are like, yes, we bomb, bomb, carpet bomb, you know, make it into a parking lot. I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem that, you know, that the... But there's a problem with us speaking like that and feeling that way because... There's human life. The Rabbi Shalom created everybody. And you have to do, I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying I have a better Eitzah than, than bombing from the air and then hopefully getting everyone, every, but the problem, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even care about their life. I care about our, our sensitivity towards life, the 
And that's the problem with like watching too many of these videos. And I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I'm, I don't think anyone watches as many videos these days and, 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 and constantly refreshes the screen of the news as much. I mean, I have a daughter that's flying out as we speak, you know, out of Ben Gurion right now to come home and, um, for a simcha in the family. And, you know, it's, it's, there was, she was calling me this morning and there was, you know, she's in the airport and there were sirens going off. She went to the, it, these are crazy times we're living in. But we have to be able to, you know, so that's why, you know, I'm very obsessed with watching the news about the hospital and who is it and the videos, of bombing, yeah, bombing Israel, not, but, but there still has to, as much as we have to be certain about the face of evil and what happened in, in Eretz Yisrael on Simchas Taira and the, and, you know, and, and the unbelievable atrocities that were committed that, has all of our blood boiling. But if the answer to, the, to that is that just like they're animals, we should become animals, that I don't think is what the tire wants from us. Does the tire want us to mache emcha? Yes. But the tire doesn't want us to become animals ourselves, to become subhuman people that are bloodlusting and, and bloodthirsty. We have to be Klai Yisrael. We have to stay Klai Yisrael. And Klai Yisrael are by Shanim, Rachmanim, Gaim We have to be strong. We have to be tough. But I'm, if you understand, I'm trying to like draw a distinction between doing the job that we have to do in war and the soldiers have to be re- resolute. But us as spectators, have, I'm not saying we should be crying when we see you know, Arab civilians being bombed, but we can't be callous to it either. Because human life I'm not talking about the terrorists again, but human life is human life, and to say and to be and to not care less how many people die, I don't I don't think that that's the Nashkavazatera. We have to ourselves. It's important for us ourselves to be human, and the the minute that we become them, then we're no different than them. The Nazis didn't care about human life, obviously, and Hamas doesn't care about it, but we're we're not them. We might have guns, we might have airplanes, we might have bombs, but that doesn't allow us to be them. And we have to, and, and, and Claudius Israel goes through extreme measures to try to limit loss 100%. And they're doing their job as well as they possibly can. This is not a critique of, I'm just saying for us, we have to, like, when we, when we see that 500 people died in a hospital, assuming that these were innocent people that were in a hospital, you can't just not, like, say, that's, not a bad, that, 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 you can't just say, all right, big deal. You have to be able to at least feel that because if you don't, then you're no different, then we have no moral case to be made. Then we're just fighting like they are, you know, so they did it earlier than, they preempted us. Is that the only difference? And the world, you see, expects us to be different because the world holds us up to this impossible standard and we know that it's a double standard and everyone, but, but the world understands that Klai Yisrael is expected to be better. The says, you should walk, you should tread on their highest place. And Rav Schwab says that what that means is you take the most ethical guy, the most the guy that you think is mamish, like the most ethical human being in the world, that's where your journey as a Jew begins. That's not we don't we're not expected to to equal the most, you know, the, the next closest nation in the world as far as being sent. We have to, that's where our journey begins. We have to be sensitive to death of, of any sort. 
We can't just like look at just, we can't, we can't, and, and the problem is that, forget about the Arab deaths, we're sensitive to our own deaths. If we watch enough of these videos and we see the atrocities that were committed and Jewish dead bodies by bus stops and, and babies, with that's not good for us either because that desensitizes us much more to, to our own lives. And I don't know exactly what the takeaway is, but I, I think the more that we... I try very much not to like, you know, even if they, if they say graphic, don't, you know, I try not to look at those things because it's, I don't want to see bodies. I don't want to see a morgue. I don't want to see, I, I need to like feel a little bit that, you know, that, that reluctance to see death, which we all, I think, naturally have. But once we become used to it and it's not a big deal anymore, then it, 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 it lowers our standard of, of who we are as a people. And the Torah is very careful, says Rebbe Lapian, to, to make like a, a commercial break in between where it's very easy for a person to get barbaric themselves and to say, I'm going to kill and I'm going to murder, I'm going to maim, I'm going to take hostages and I'm going to do anything that I need to do. It's war. And it's being that it's war, I have, to, I have, I have, I have license to do everything and maybe you do. But you don't have a license to do one thing in war, and that's to allow yourself to become subhuman, to allow yourself to become so uncaring about human life that you're able to not even have any conscience, any morality. So the Torah puts in the middle of these two parashas, the parash of Eglah Rufa, as if to say, one life, look at what we go through, one killing of a person, maybe it's Ritzicha, maybe it was something, maybe it was an accident. We have to get to the bottom, we have to do an investigation, we have to measure and then do a, you know, Kapra Lamcha Yisrael, we have to hold a whole ceremony for one person because every single person is a world. You know, this, one of the, the greatest problems with what happened on, on Simchas is that if it would have been one person, if let's say Rahman al-San, one Yid would have been killed by an Arab, or one Yid would have been taken prisoner by an Arab, it would have been a news item, you know, with banner headlines in every, every newspaper in the world, and we would be upset about it, and we would be bothered by it. But at least we can somehow relate to the human side of the story. We can understand this person has a family, and we see the family interviewed, and we see the, you know, the... the when you're speaking about 1,300 human lives, you don't even know where to begin. It's like Niagara Falls coming on your head. You can't, like, can't take a drop of Niagara Falls. It doesn't work that way. It's so much. It's so overwhelming. 200, 199 prisoners in Gaza. I don't even know what that means. If it was one prisoner, I'd have a, I, I'd at least be able to like relate. The numbers are so astounding that we can't even begin to, so it, it just becomes a game. Like, it just becomes like, you know, 1,300 people, and it's just the numbers, and now we're counting how many Arabs are killed, and we have to get, like, multiples of, you know, four or five in order to make the game even. And, you know, it becomes, like, just numbers. These are individuals. These are families. These are yidden. These are, there's people sitting shiva for these people. There are people, there's almanis, there's yisaimim, there's almonds, there's grandparents that are mourning. And then, you know, that's the people that are dead. They were the lucky ones. And then the people that are, that are taken captive in, in Gaza, like, there's no words, like, to describe what they're going through, those people and their families. 
as we speak. But that's the problem. The numbers are so great that, again, we, we just sort of like, we can't deal with it. So we just like, you know, we're waiting for time to pass that we don't have to deal with it. But to really feel, you know, the pain, and that's what we spoke about it in the Shmuz, about being nice, it's hard because as much as it's easy, it's also hard because the numbers make it impossible to even relate to one person. But we have to be sensitive to, uh, to every single, every human life. Human life, even in war, is exceptionally precious. Exceptionally, every neshama is a world. He says something interesting, Kuf Samach Vav, calls Rishos. This is only talking about the Mohammas, the wars that are Rishos. These are um, optional wars. Ki Beza Parshis, Sham, those are talking about He says, Fascinating thing he says. Only by Mochemes Rishos is there this possibility that a Yid's heart could be so cruel and, and, uh, and hardened that we need an Egla Rufa just to remind us not to. Of a Mochemes Mitzvah, doesn't Mochemes Mitzvah doesn't happen. There's no cruelty that could develop in a Yid's heart. Because the Mitzvah is rooted above in heaven. Not only will it not uh, have a hashpah of cruelty, when a person does he gets a special dose of Kedusha and Tara. Amazing. Milchemes Mitzvah is a different calculus. Milchemes Mitzvah, actually a person can have Rachmanes somehow if he is engaged properly in Milchemes Mitzvah. He says on the bottom, there's a Gemara in Yevamis, that there are three Simanim in this Ummah, Rachmanim, Baishanim, Vigayim Lachasadim. Our nation is one that we get embarrassed, we can blush. You know, the, we used to know how to blush. There's a book that's written uh, by a famous writer, why, why Doesn't Anyone Blush Anymore? It's basically, it's true, we, people don't get embarrassed anymore. It's just mo- very few people are, we, we're not Baishanim. We don't have that, we just like, okay, fine, everything is like very... It used to be we blush. Today there's very little blushing. There's very little feeling like remorse or embarrassment over things. We right away justify everything. But the Pasuk says that we are Rachmanim. How do you know that Jews are merciful people? I will give you Rachmanim Richamecha. And that's talking about the mitzvah of Irani Dachas, the mitzvah of when you have to destroy a whole city when they're Avid I know you don't have this, but I'm just going to read it outside. You don't have to worry in Irani Dachas whether or not you will, ha- you will get Achzarius. Hashem will help you have Racham, as the Pasuk says there. So, but in a Mohammed's Rishos, we don't have that haftacha that we're going to stay pristine and perfect. And this is what we're up against. We have to try as best as we can 
to maintain our humanity. Maintain our humanity. Again, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I mean. And I'm not, and, and you might think that I'm a liberal. I'm really not. I'm very conservative. But, but it's still of vital importance for us to be able to always, and not only in war, I'm not even talking about war. I'm talking about in every aspect of life. If let's say, um, you know, let's say you, you're walking in the streets of Manhattan and you see a homeless person. Okay, now I'm not saying you have to give money to the person, but do you feel for that person? Is there like a, is there a regesh of like, I feel bad for the person. The person has no home. I imagine if, if, for, if tonight you had nowhere to sleep, except you have to go on a park bench and, with a blanket, and, and who knows who you're going to meet up with and what animals might come to you, and you know, a human or you know, four-legged or two-legged and, and threaten you. Can you imagine what that must be like? So I'm not saying you should roll down your window when you're like driving you know, to the George Washington Bridge and there's that guy standing in the middle of the street and giving him money because maybe you know, he might grab you or do something crazy. But at least there should be like some a modicum of, of, of just like a tinge of like, I feel bad for this person, a human being. He's not a yid. So what? He's a human being. He has an ashama. He has, a, you know, he's a, he has parents. He has, you know, he might have a wife and children. If we if we become so desensitized to everything that we have no heart anymore, then that's a very bad place for a yid to be. So today it's war, and mitzvah Hashem, the war will be over soon. But there's always going to be people that we have to feel bad for. Sometimes a person will knock on your door. You know, or sometimes a person will come to you in shul. And it happens to me. I, sometimes I'm in shul. I'm sure you've seen this also. And somebody comes and collects money. And there's always this one guy in shul that starts screaming at the person because, didn't you read the sign? It says no solicitations inside the synagogue. You know, and, you, know you can stand outside. You can't stand inside. And the guy's like, you know, embarrassed enough to have to collect. And now he has to be triply embarrassed because you're screaming at him. Like, you can't do that. That's not acceptable. It's not, he's a human being, you know, he's not, Aniyam aren't, they just don't have, you know, good finances. They're just like you and me. They're probably more chashev than, than I am. But you have to, you know, if you don't have money to give them, don't give them money, but don't give them attitude. If you don't want to give them money, give them a smile, say, you know, I hope that, you know, I hope everything works out well for you. If you say, I'm making a chashev of my daughter, I can't afford, say mazel tov. You can't, you know, you can't, you don't have to give them money, but just give them some Humanity. Let them feel whole. Let them feel like a human being. You can't be a callous person in life. You can't walk through the streets and just like you know, like be one of these people that couldn't care less and like, well, this is the liberal policies and what it does. Like, that's not the re- that's not the reaction that a yid has. That's what you know a politician might have, or that's what somebody that you know. We have to like look beyond all of the labels and all the politics and see at the end of the day. There's human life, and human life is precious and it's holy, and and we can't allow ourselves to be uh, one of the uh, you know one of the tragedies of war. And it will be tragic if we if we well, the whole takeaway is uh, how many uh, good we killed another thousand of them today. Great, that's a good day. That's not that's not how we should be reacting. We should be hoping that. 
you know, that Hamas gets destroyed utterly, and that, but we'll never be able to bring back the lives of those 1,300 people. Hopefully we'll be able to get the hostages back, if we daven hard enough. But those lives will never come back. It's not, you're not getting anything, you're not making anything better by, by just randomly destroying as many people as you can and being happy about it. That's what they did. And we, we get very upset. Oh, they gave it candies. Well, what are we doing? We might not be handing out candies, but we're, you know, we're fine with it. If we want to become, if stay Klai Yisrael, if we want to, you know, really be people that are true to our calling of being a Mamlachas Kain and Megai Kaddish, then we have to maintain a warm, beating, pulsating heart. If we turn off our heart now because, you know, because of what they did to us, which is unforgivable, but that makes us into them, that's, that's not good. That's not, that's not what we're supposed to, that's not the takeaway. Because then we're them. We have to be very tough and we have to be, you know, exacting and try to, you know, rid everything that we can, all the evil has to be rid to the best of it. But don't allow ourselves to become ruthless, cold people. And I know it's a very hard balance. It's a, you know, you have to like just sort of fine tune ourselves to be, to, to have that balance. But that's, I think, what's expected of us. To be, to be very upset about what happened in Simchas Torah, to be distraught. I know I haven't been myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm in a, in a, in a blur. I, I can't like, I can't understand what happened. I'm going crazy from it. I know many of you are as well. But, and we want to take, we want to, you know, we want to win this war and we have to win this war a thousand percent, but there's a Parsha Begla Rufa. And the Parsha Begla Rufa teaches every single life is precious. Every single life that is not Rishayim and not Achzarim and, you know, there's life. And, and we have to be able to somehow uh, never turn off our heart and close our heart and be, and be smug and be happy and be cavalier about human, about human life because that's not what's expected. That's not what we, we should allow ourselves to do. And amidst Hashem, if we are able to maintain who we are as human beings and you know, as, as, as very strong, you know, capable B'nai Taira, uh, we have to find that balance of being very upset and very insistent that, you know, that, that the job be completed but at the same time, understand that there is a human life. There is a great toll that's being taken on both sides, and we don't want to be one of the casualties of war.